Hey everybody, welcome back to uh, Quick Take, your regular, typically bi-weekly uh, Apple Focus podcast. Probably just one episode this week. Um, I kind of took uh, Sunday night off. We had a you know had a three day weekend with Memorial Day here in the U.S. Um, I hope everybody had a great three day weekend. Um, I went out and took my seven year old son to see uh, Solo, the new Star Wars movie, and. Um, this isn't a movie review podcast, but I enjoyed it, but it is definitely a movie with a lot of issues, and it's been interesting to see how that movie has severely underperformed at the box office and lots of speculation about uh, what Lucasfilm and Disney will take away from that. But you didn't tune in here to find out about uh, my thoughts on Star Wars. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about Apple, and uh, of course we're, we're coming up to uh, one of the big times uh, on Apple's yearly calendar, and that is because next week... Apple is hosting the Worldwide Developers Conference. This is the thing that they do every summer. It's a, it's a conference, as the name implies, that's focused largely around developers. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, some things we might expect to see, some things we might not expect to see, that sort of thing. Um, I did want to continue a little bit of a follow-up on my AirPods. If you've listened to the past couple of episodes, you know that um, I had actually been a Beats X user as far as my earbuds for uh, since uh, early in 2017, but uh, just recently, as those have started to bite the dust, uh, I picked up a pair of AirPods, finally, um, and uh, it's been really interesting. I'm loving the thing. It's one, it's one of those things, you know, I knew a lot about the AirPods before getting them, because I follow Apple closely, and it's just an interest, you know, it's a hobby of mine, um, and I knew a lot of the pros and cons of, of the AirPods, and, you know, I had a really good idea of what I would love about them, what I wouldn't like so much. Um, and, and all that is pretty, is proven to be exactly right on. But one of the things that you always heard from people that had AirPods is they just love the things. And, um, I, I'm finding that to be true despite of the fact that there are some definite negatives. Um, I was thinking about it earlier. I feel going back to Star Wars a bit. I feel the same way about the AirPods as I do about Star Wars, the force awakens, um, which is that, you know, there's a lot of issues with it. You know, on paper, there's some definite negatives and yet I just love the darn thing. So I feel that way about that Star Wars film, and I feel that way about uh, the AirPods. Uh, just love them. Um, again, the biggest downsides are you've got to do something with them when you take them out of your ear. They can't dangle from your neck like the Beats X can, um, or you know, like with the wired Apple AirPods that kind of run them through my shirt, and they could just kind of dangle there. Um, but I, you know, I just love them. They sound great. They fit great in my ears. I know that sets an issue for some people. Um, now that I'm now that I've had them for a longer period of time, it's been interesting to kind of observe a few things. Um, you know, I didn't plug, you know, the way they work um, is, you know, they, they actually charge by putting them in the charge case, which is that, that little white case that looks like a dental floss container. Um, and you put them in there and that charges the individual AirPods, but then the charging case also has a battery and you plug that in with a lightning cable to charge that. Um, and, uh, I think what the stated charge times are is that you can get up to five hours, uh, of playback, um, once you take the AirPods out, if you were to listen to them continuously and that the, uh, pack itself holds up to 24 hours of battery. And I didn't plug the charge case in a single time over the weekend. Um, and I was able to, uh, listen all weekend long without any issues. Now, you know, I wasn't using them nearly as heavily over the weekend as I do throughout the week, but I still thought that was uh, kind of a nice thing. You know, I plugged it in at my desk at work when I got to work on Tuesday and, and just kind of went from there. You know, another a couple of interesting things, you know, the, the thing that is mind-blowing about the AirPods is that, um, you know, they're, they're providing, you know, synced sound across two separate things. 
you know, so uh, there's no wire. So when it's providing sound, you've got these two distinct things that it's just automatically, magically, through the power of Bluetooth and the W1 chip and, and the iPhone, it's just making all that sound uh, happen completely synchronized or at least so synchronized that your brain can't tell the difference. Um, it, it, you know, sometimes I'll put, I'll put the uh, AirPods in and I'll hear, you know, whichever one I put in first, I'll hear the little chirp that it's, that it's in and it knows it's ready to play. It's connected to my phone, um, and uh, I'll hit play, and I'll, and I'll hear it start in one before the other. And it's not annoying, but it is noticeable sometimes that you can notice that. Uh, this morning, for the first time, I put them in, and I had both of them in, uh, and I was only hearing sound out of one. And that's the only time so far that's happened, and I, I think I just hit pause and hit play again, and they were playing out of both again. So it was like for a moment it thought that I just had one in. Um, so that was interesting. But uh, definitely, definitely loving uh, the AirPods and uh, excited to continue using them. And hopefully they will last a very long time. They seem to be. Uh, they seem to. You know, I've got friends that have had them for over a year now, and, and they're still going strong for them. So, um, but, you know, that's been a thing for me in the past is I, I use my, my earbuds a ton. I'm a pretty heavy user of them. And so uh, longevity and durability is something that I look for and hopefully will we'll find satisfactory over time with the AirPods. Another thing that happened this week is um, Apple uh, had updates for you know iOS, watchOS, tvOS. Uh, we finally got to iOS 11.4, and uh, that brought a couple of long-awaited features, things that were announced at last year's Worldwide Developers Conference, and are just now coming uh, finally right at the last, right at the finish line, right before this year's WWDC kicks off. And that is uh, messages in the cloud. And this was one of the things that, uh, that excited a lot of people, myself included, when Apple announced it. And they just had a ton of trouble delivering it for whatever reason. Um, but it leverages iCloud to uh, sync your full message history across all your Apple devices. Uh, so that you don't have that issue where you log into one device. You, you, you go to the messages app on one device and it's got some conversations there. And you go to a different one and it's got different ones. Um, it can also save space by... Um, offloading uh, photos and other attachments to iCloud because, especially for people on older devices with, um, you know, small, you know, people that had like the 16 gigabyte devices, um, the iMessage data would, would take up a huge chunk of that. And fortunately, fortunately, way too late, honestly, Apple finally started, uh, you know, shipping um, entry level devices with no fewer than 32 gigabytes. But still, it's nice to offload some of that content uh, to a place where. Um, you don't have to worry about the space so much. Um, and the other big thing that Apple uh, finally brought to its devices with, uh, with these updates is AirPlay 2. Um, AirPlay, of course, is the technology which allows you to uh, take the audio and or video from, from an Apple device like an iPhone and, and send it somewhere else. So one of the most frequent places you might send it is to an Apple TV. So you start streaming something on your iPhone and you can just press the AirPlay button and send it over to your Apple TV. AirPlay 2, uh, you know, is the first real big revision to the AirPlay format, and uh, one of the big things it promised uh, was the ability to wirelessly send audio to multiple devices simultaneously. Um, and you might think this shouldn't be too big of a deal, because as I was just mentioning, Apple does this essentially with the AirPods, but uh, for some reason, getting it to other devices proved to be a bigger challenge for Apple. And this was particularly troubling because that was one of the uh, main selling features that Apple advertised for the HomePod, the wireless Siri-enabled speaker that Apple announced uh, last year and finally delivered earlier this year. Um, and so you could have uh, 
two HomePods in the same room and they would become, you know, a stereo pair or you could have HomePods in different rooms in the house and send audio to both of them. And uh, it was a little embarrassing that Apple shipped the HomePod without that feature ready to go. So um, that feature is now there. So now when you go into uh, the audio um, share sheet, you know, where you're choosing what, what device to send audio to, it's got, um, instead of choosing, you know, just a single one, it's now got uh, like a little circle next to multiple devices if you have them. So you could kind of almost like checking the box, choose which devices you want to send it to. So certainly better late than never, but, um, you know, definitely some of these things, uh, I hope Apple does a better job of, of setting the right expectations for itself. They, they seem to have had some challenges in the last couple of years with uh, delivering things when they kind of promised they would deliver them. Uh, so hopefully they'll do better about that. That's one of the big rumors for this year's uh, developer conference, actually, is that um, you know rather than saying that all the new features they're going to announce for their operating systems will come out um, uh, you know, right when the operating system releases in the fall, that they're going to kind of maybe stagger some of those uh, throughout the year. And uh, that might be a good thing, you know, maybe set better expectations and, and be able to hit your delivery targets a little better. Uh, that would be nice for sure. So that transitions us really nicely over to WWDC itself. Um, again, it's a developer conference. So um, it's, it's always funny whenever there's a, an Apple event and we have one of those keynotes where Tim Cook and Phil Schiller and Craig Federighi and some of the other uh, you know, high-ranking vice presidents get out and uh, talk about new things. There's always a tendency to sort of overinflate things that might come out, so that it's easy to get disappointed when not as many things as maybe you hoped would come out come out. So I think we want to try to set expectations accordingly. And uh, the one thing we we can we can feel pretty confident about always is that Apple is going to announce new features for all of its main operating systems: so Mac OS, iOS, Watch OS, and TV OS. Uh, we can pretty much count on the fact that Apple will have major updates uh, and new features. And you'll probably, you know, kind of like you often do, you'll probably have, you know, 10 new features, um, at least for iOS and macOS, and uh, maybe 10 new features for watchOS, and maybe a few, maybe like five for tvOS. I always want to see more for tvOS since that's my favorite Apple platform, honestly. But um, but definitely we'll have those. We'll have demos. Um, and uh, what we'll see you know, hard to say. Um, not not been a ton of rumors out there. A couple of things I would love to see is one more attention paid to Siri. You know, Siri. There's that narrative out there that Siri is just lagging behind, and and Google and Amazon are just lapping them. And I think a lot of that is overblown, but it's absolutely true that in some some key areas, uh, those products have overtaken Siri. And Apple at this point is not so far behind that um, they're having to play a ton of catch up, but they're definitely in this place where if they don't step up their efforts, they could find themselves in that position. So they've taken some steps that we know about in that direction. Uh, about a year ago, they, they kind of reorged where Siri fit within the company, and it's now under Craig Federighi's uh, software engineering team. And so I'm hoping that in the year since that uh, you know, reshuffle was made, that it has borne some fruit, and we'll get some really cool announcements about Siri uh, this summer. I hope that's true. We also know in April, we talked about this on a previous episode, that Apple hired um, someone from Google who uh, who had previously led Google's AI efforts. And, um, you know, if you're going to poach, uh, you know, somebody for Siri from another company, you know, 
poaching someone from Google is not a bad place to do it from. So um, that only happened in April. So whatever contributions he's already made to Siri, um, I, you know, I doubt we'll see. A, I doubt that will make a big enough that he's had enough time to make an impact since then for this year. But you know, long term, I, I hope that that pays dividends for them. But I do hope that there are some meaningful. Uh, impressive updates to Siri this year, and we'll have to wait and see. I think it'll be definitely disappointing if we don't see that. Um, the other thing that, that I'm interested, that I'm kind of watching with interest, is iCloud. Um, you know, Apple has a reputation for not being good at quote unquote services, and it, it certainly um, struggled for years to kind of get iCloud right. And I think there, I think iCloud now in 2018 has a lot going for it. Um, what it does, it generally does really well. Um, I use uh, iCloud a ton, um, certainly for backing up my iOS device, which I think is a, is a key thing that it can do. But I also use it for music in the cloud where I have access to all my music on all my devices and photos in the cloud so that when I take a picture with my iPhone, every one of my uh, iCloud connected Apple devices uh, automatically has access to those photos. And they don't take up room on the computer or the or the phone because they're really just living in iCloud and you're just seeing a thumbnail of it until you tap on the picture and then it downloads it very quickly in the background. Um, you know, lots and lots of these contact syncing. I mean, really, iCloud is doing a ton of stuff. Now, iMessage in the cloud, really happy to see that. Um, the thing I would love to see Apple do is, you know, meaningfully uh, up the free tier. You know, when you when you sign up for an iCloud account now, you get five gigabytes of free storage. And, uh, you know, frankly, that's just not cutting it. I mean, that's not enough space for a lot of people to back up their devices. Maybe, you know, certainly if you go, if you move from one Apple device to two, uh, that's not enough space to do that. Uh, so I'd love to see Apple update that free tier to maybe 20 gigabytes. That'd be fantastic. Um, I should probably, I should maybe do a whole show on this if I haven't. I need to look back at the archives and see if I have, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in upgrading to a paid iCloud storage tier, you know, Again, it's it's fifty, it's five gigabytes for the free tier, but you pay a uh, dollar a month, twelve dollars a year, and it ups you to fifty gigabytes, and that should be enough for most people to back up, you know, one or two or more or more really Apple, you know, Apple devices, you know, plus maybe uh, depending on how many photos you take, that might be enough for you to turn on photos in the cloud, and and that's a huge thing just to make sure you have your photos protected, if nothing else. Um, so you know, if nothing changes, definitely would encourage everyone who's listening to this, if you haven't already, to go ahead and upgrade at least to the, the 50 gigabyte tier. Um, I'm on the 200 gigabyte uh, tier, which is uh, $3 per month. And, and, and even that is, is not, I mean, that's, that's so worth it. It's $36 a year. Um, but you might not need that much, but at least jump to that, that $1 per month, 50 gigabyte tier. But I really hope that Apple will update that. I think going to 20 gigabytes again, would just make, make it so that most people can back up their devices, if nothing else to iCloud. And that's a huge benefit there. It not only is it protecting your data, but it just makes it so much more seamless to transition from one device to another. So whenever it comes time to buy a new iPhone, or maybe you're adding in an iPad and you can just restore from the latest backup of your previous device. Um, that just makes it so much more seamless to get set up on a new device. Uh, so I'd love to see that. Um, I, I don't have a ton of feature predictions um, apart from, from those hopes. And those aren't predictions, those are just hopes. So I'll be as interested to see what Apple announces on Monday as anyone. And of course, I'll have lots of commentary here discussing that on the show. Um, you know, hardware, um, WWDC in recent years, it used to be that that was the uh, event that the iPhone, the new iPhone every year was announced at. 
But the last several years, Apple has transitioned that to a fall event, so I wouldn't expect uh, a major new iPhone announcement um, at this event uh, on Monday. There is a possibility we might see an update, uh, a meaningful update to the iPhone SE, because uh, that when that was first introduced, it was introduced uh, in March, not in September. Um, and there's been some interesting and conflicting rumors about the iPhone SE. You know, for those that aren't familiar, that's the iPhone that currently um, is basically the guts of the iPhone 6S um, in the body of the iPhone 5S. And a lot of people love that smaller form factor. That that uh, four-inch screen is much more pocketable than Apple's larger iPhone screen sizes. Um, and it's a much less expensive way to get into an iPhone because they start at $399 for a 32-gigabyte iPhone that runs the latest iOS and is a great little phone. Um, but it's definitely time for uh, a significant update to it. It was first announced in 2016. Uh, but what you know, what what form will that update come? Will they still keep uh, the iPhone 5S form factor and just put newer, you know, newer, faster guts and a better camera in it? That's certainly a possibility. There's been some speculation that they might actually move to an iPhone 10-like screen that that fills up the whole, um, uh, you know, you know, a bezel-less screen, kind of like the iPhone 10. Uh, you know, would they actually develop a whole new form factor for it? You know, so there are lots of questions about what would happen to the iPhone SE. I don't think they're going to kill it. I do think we will see an update. It's just a question of when, and it'll be interesting to see if maybe that's a one more thing at this announcement on Monday. Um, the iPad Pro is is due for an update. I don't know if it'll happen at this event or if it'll happen later, but I wouldn't be totally surprised to see an update to the iPhone, or excuse me, the, the iPad Pro hardware. Um, as far as Mac goes, I, I, I'm not expecting a new Mac Pro. You know, Apple seem, has been pretty clear uh, as of earlier this year that it's going to be a next year thing. Would they maybe show some kind of teaser about what it looks like? Uh, not totally outside the realm of possibility, but I kind of don't think that'll happen. We'll see. Um, definitely wouldn't be surprised if there were speed bump updates to the MacBook Pro and the iMac. Don't know that, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I said when Apple finally introduced the Touch Bar MacBook Pro in 2016, it was like, okay, let's see if now in light of lots of complaints about the Mac hardware not getting updated regularly, you know, it's really time for Apple to, to make sure that we have yearly speed bump updates to the MacBook Pro. And they did do that in 2017. So I'm hoping that we'll see that again this summer, and WWDC would be a great time to announce that. Um, boy, I would love to see Apple do something with the Mac Mini. It's really gotten time where they either need to kill that product off or or update it, because it is so long in the tooth right now uh, that something's got to happen with it. And I don't know what that is. I mean, I you know when I dream about the Mac Mini, I would love to see... Uh, a, a, a Mac a, a Mac Mini that's the size of an Apple TV that would just be fantastic. And I don't know if like thermally that's possible with the Intel processors. So, you know, there's there's been lots of rumors, and we've talked about this on the show about how Apple might be thinking about introducing ARM based uh, ARM processors, ARM based processors in in the Mac lines. Uh, the ARM based processor is what Apple's A series processors uh, in uh, in the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, are um, it's 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 um, it's something that would be interesting to see Apple do, but and I wonder if they could get the Mac Mini small enough um, without going to that. If they could you know, still maintain the uh, the Intel chip in a form factor that small, but something. I mean, just keep the same form factor. Just give us a speed bump, a meaningful speed bump to the Mac Mini would be would be fantastic. So 
Um, I think that's all I've got for now. You know, if, if there's some, you know, late breaking rumor uh, that pops out ahead of WWDC that's worth commenting on, I may be back. But otherwise, uh, probably I'll be, I'll be back uh, Monday night with kind of a recap of, uh, of um, what gets announced at WWDC. Again, I try to keep these short because you've got lots of other podcasts that you probably want to get to. So I may break that up into a couple different shows. We'll kind of kind of see how it goes. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Guys, if you like this, go uh, go into Apple Podcasts and subscribe. You can also go into Overcast and um, so many things. I use Anchor, uh, the wonderful Anchor platform to record these. And every now and then they'll let me know that uh, Quick Take is now available on a new podcast platform. So uh, most of you are probably listening on Apple Podcasts or maybe Overcast, so you can definitely get it there. Also, if you could go in and give that a five-star review, that would just help so much because uh, it just helps get the word out. It just helps the show rise up in the algorithm that when people search for things in Apple Podcasts or iTunes, that, that it surfaces it. And uh, if you have a question, uh, shoot me a, a, a Twitter a message on Twitter, a Twitter, a tweet, uh, at JWSherrod, S-H-E-R-R-O-D. Or you can download the free Anchor app for iOS, for iOS on your iPhone, and you can uh, record a message, and I can even include that uh, as audio on the show where I can answer a question or address a comment or, or what have you. All right, guys, we'll see you uh, soon for some more WWDC-related content. Later.